welcome to episode 224 of the Burst Ball Scottish Football Podcast. Um, this week we were so close to, to naming the same starting lineup as last week, but fear not, I, Ryan Crombie, am joined by a couple of first team regulars in the way of, first of all, Callum Scott. Hello Ryan, I see that, well obviously I will introduce Gamba here because I see that Craig Levine is uh, in the director's box with him being Gamba whilst you are merely Ian Cathro in the, in the host's seat. <laughs> oh, damn, am I, I am I, keeping this pretense up? Uh, am I sending you, John Daly, down to to give advice <laughs> on how the podcast should go? <laughs> so am I John Daly and all that stuff? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm picturing hands going above your head right now, Casey, in a <laughs> celebratory manner, as John Daly is renowned for. Um, yes. Gamba, yes, you have been slightly introduced, but do you want to introduce yourself? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll be that then. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Another startling start to the podcast, um, to carry on from last week. Um, there were a staggering 26 goals across six games in the Premiership this weekend. Um, so let's just get right into it. Hib 6, Hamilton 0. Uh, an absolute disgraceful <laughs> turnout for Hamilton, to be honest. Um, but then again, Hibs will be happy that they finally started scoring those goals. I think Neil Lennon said he was delighted. The hardest man to please in Scottish football was pleased this weekend, um, in a weekend of things that were rather unexpected, but I'm sure we'll come on to them all. Um, Casey, Hibs um, were very rampant to this game. Have they clicked eventually after recent weeks? Yeah, it's quite a strange one because, I mean, last week you saw that with the St Mirren game where he was going like, they need to be doing better. They need to be doing better. And you're kind of going, okay, I won the one against St. Mirren's not, you know, at St. Mirren's not the worst thing in the world. Holy Christ, man. This was, this was incredible, man. On sports scene, they were getting ripped into the goalkeeper and I thought that was a bit harsh. Did you? Did you? What? Think, think it was harsh? Aye. Mm. <laughs> the amount of shots he had to face in this game, like, I, I think no, I'm, ex- I'm with Gamba in that. The, the keeper, the keeper can't do nothing. At first I thought, Oh, that Marlon's first one he should have done better with, but he takes a deflection as well, and it t- totally wrong foots him. So, no, how they can rip into the keeper with that is unbelievable. As Gamba says, I mean, the amount of, the amount of shots that he forced uh-huh. the full game is I mean, ridiculous. I mean, I know we've all we've all lavished praise on Hibs, I'm sure, but I mean, as if losing a game to Dundee's not worrying enough, this this was not good. Like this was really not good. Um. <laughs> I I mean I know they're they're sitting where ninth. Yes. Yes. Yeah, if they keep playing like this, it's it's not gonna go well. Um, and they just, they just don't look like what we know Hamilton to be, which was just kind of a horrible, like kind of team to play against, and one you're never gonna get an easy game against. And this is just so so easy for Hibs, man. It was just. Pfft. What sums the the um, the performance up for me is a uh, Heinemann's goal, um, mm. just just before half time. I mean, I think it's Martin Boyle that's got the ball on the left hand side, and there's five six Aki's players in the box, and only Heinemann uh, supporting Boyle. And it's just a simple pass, pass across them, and none of the none of the five Aki's players in the box attack the ball I say that attack is up it's a cross it's a pass nobody even goes out to block it they just let it roll and Heinemann just picks his spot it's, it's a cracking finish to be fair to him but I mean there's five or six bodies in the box here and Heinemann doesn't even need to work to 
to slide that into the back of the net. Um, as much as Hamilton were, were extremely poor, which we all know is because of Martin Canning's jumper. I get that too much last week and we continue to do that. Um, it's certainly still not working any windows. I think I would uh, sacrifice that thing, man, uh, in order to try and, try and get themselves some three points. But Hibs were absolutely phenomenal. Um, Stevie Marlin, just what a bit of business uh-huh. that's been. What a bit of business. He's, he's absolutely different class and um, aye, him, him, Martin Boyle. Martin Boyle's goal was fantastic as well. It was a really, really mm-hmm. excellent finish. And pff, well, there was me saying that Heinemann's goal summed it up. I mean, I think the last goal summed it up uh, as well. Oh my word, that was just it was comical. That was the one I was gonna like kind of go on about because like it just kind of summed everything up. Hibs just you could see everything, like drive desire to get the ball back. You know, kind of good runs. And I mean, who knows if Camberry means to hit that off. Gilgallan but goes in anyway you know it's it, it, just everything good about Hibs in that move and just Hamilton losing the ball in midfield like, very little desire to win it back as well and it was just ugh, yeah. ugh. <laughs> uh, I was going to touch on Hamilton a wee bit more uh, just after um, this but I mean people forget that Hibs lost Nagyik Allen and mm. again it almost seems to be um, sort of forgotten now um, down Leithway do you think that Neil Lennon's managed to replace him with sort of Malin, Nilligan and Heinemann even Horgan to an extent he didn't start this game but all of Hibs's sort of summer signings if you like they've hit the ground running and sort of made the transition a lot easier hasn't it Aye. for whoever wants to pick yeah, it up yeah absolutely um, it's, it was one of those ones where like when you saw Hibs at their best last season it was always when they would win the midfield battle and like just from what you saw in this game, I mean, it didn't really look like there was much of a battle, but that midfield was in like total control of that game. Um, and I mean, you know, them scoring that many goals from midfield in this game is is something brilliant. I mean, Malin, I mean, the, the, the second goal, man, just like, again, I'm sorry, I will talk positively about Hibs, but like, I can't even remember a goal that Malin scored this season that's come inside the box. Why are you giving them that much space outside the box? But like, it's not easy scoring from that distance. Do you know what I mean? Like he's still he's still got to do really well with shot and I it's the, the the midfield is you know I mean I know Johnny's a huge fan of Camberry but if if Lennon can keep that group together fit for a long spell this season they'll do very very well because they've looked excellent. Mm. Um, since the Martin Canning jumper has ruled out, um, <laughs> Hamilton have won zero games conceded eight and scored zero. Uh, Casey, what do you think? Uh, I don't know. The target will be for Hamilton. Do you think that they'll end up going down, or do you think that I don't know St Mirren and Dundee look just as bad as them this season? Because it, it it's not looking good at the minute, is it? No, it's it's not looking good. In the, the of course the targets to stay up. I mean, if they stay up, it's a miracle again. I just the every year. They've always had at least a kind of talisman. They've had an Ali Crawford or David Templeton or whatever, like who, who they could turn to, um, to kind of bail them out of some, I don't know, some sticky, sticky situations. I like Rakis Bingham, but it summed it up kind of with the, the first the chance he gets quite early on. I mean, really should be burying that. Um, mm. And you can't afford to 
you know, miss. I mean, Aki's need somebody that's for the lack of chances they create. They need somebody that's got to, that's got to take them. Opposed to three or four chances before they had the back of the net. However, we'll obviously come on to Dundee later. I, so I haven't seen Dundee in the flesh again. I still don't think they're anywhere near as bad as our position tells them. I actually think that they're not that bad aside. Um, but Aki's as well. I mean, Aki's really should have beaten Dundee last week. You know what I mean? That'll be frustrating. Is that? I mean, how how many times did they hit the crossbar? The chances mm. they missed, and they still came out shooting themselves in the foot. So, I think I think that's a um, th- th- that's more worrying than, than this game. Um, because I don't think they really expected them to go to Easter Road and, and and get anything. I thought it would have been a difficult. Like they would have made it hard for Hibs. Clearly, they didn't. I mean, it was just a mm. Hibs steamrolled them. Um, but no. I would be worried if it was Aki's fan. I mean, you just go through the team and nobody stands out, really. Mm. Um, I wouldn't have started the 11 just now. And I mean, as I say, I like Rakish Bingham. Doug Emery's always offered something in the past. But that's it. For me, obviously, this is somebody that doesn't watch them as much. So, obviously, there's Aki's fans out there every week who will be able to tell you those things that I can't. But I just, there's nobody stands out. That team, very similar to St. Martin. Minus their business, I think their business later on under Owen Kearney's been quite good. But I mean, you go through the Simon team as well, and there's nobody that stands out has been, been a talisman in there. No, um, the thing that I kind of picked up from Martin Cannon's post match interview was his comments about the new players needing to sort of realise the fighting spirit and determination that Hamilton sort of build their, their seasons upon, basically. Is it worrying that he's brought these guys in and that's not already there? Yeah, Gamba. I'm sorry, sorry on you go, Gamba. Uh, oh, well, well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, a result like today is going to emphasize that you are going to have to fight. I mean, as Callum said, it's you know it's always kind of a relegation fight. Well, it has been from the past couple of years that Aki's have been involved in, and okay, maybe you aren't going <laughs> to. I mean, recent history suggests you can win games at Easter Road if you're Hamilton Aki's, but maybe you aren't mm-hmm. going to win games at Easter Road, but. At least try and keep the score down, man. Like these kind of results, even if you're getting no points, like at least don't do your goal difference any harm. I mean, that was just <sighs> <laughs> yes. awful, man. Just I just can't get I can't get over like oh uh, no. Sorry. I mean, they really give the football in world a lesson on how to lose a game of, a game of football, to be fair. I mean, it's like, how to lose a game. I mean, they should be showing that in the coaching, uh, you know, down, down at the Largs for, for the future Largs Mafia, about how, how no uh, to approach a game. Yeah, so uh, Martin Canning's combo of losing games and dressing horrendously continues. Um... So even he's stout, man, it's just that jumper, <laughs> that goes you'll be fine it's the Tiger Rock from the Simpsons that goes you're sorted <laughs> you're, you're all good his haircut was pretty um, questionable this week as well but moving on from slagging Canning and Hamilton uh, another 6-0 this weekend of course was Saints nil, Celtic 6 Gamba um, a delightful victory for your team uh, a much needed victory for Celtic to be honest after I mean they did get back on the right track sort of last week but Poor European performance, but uh, sort of back to within four, uh, three points off the top. Yeah, um, <laughs> the the result midweek was just, well, maybe not an unexpected result, but very poor the way it kind of happened. And 
I was talking to I was talking to, to both of you guys last night before the game and I was saying, you know, I'm really not sure about this one. I can see Celtic maybe winning this one nil or two one. I can see this being tight. KJ nah. Nah. <laughs> James Forrest, man. I wanted to talk a bit about James Forrest last week because um he'd signed that new deal and it was that way where I was looking at it and going it looks as if he's probably going to spend his entire career at Celtic when you consider the age of him now um, and in the last you know two seasons since Rodgers has come in he's been absolutely outstanding and <laughs> same off midweek was maybe going to take a lot of that back but <laughs> four goals in the first half I mean absolutely incredible uh, guys guys been brilliant the past I mean you know 18 months Um just it was, his goals were really sh- like kind of strange though because he was just like it's just simple finishes just doing it really simply but getting in behind just offering that extra goal scoring threat and just an incredible incredible first half of football from well Celtic and Forest in particular I mean brilliant yes uh, I mean I, I did actually I watched this game and I found it really strange because I thought St Johnson actually started the better team for the absolutely, first absolutely. Sort of 20 minutes Celtic started really slowly I mean it, it sounds ridiculous to say when you look at the scoreline at the end of the game but there was a volley that Gordon made an excellent well he was he was in the right position if you know where I'm coming from but you know uh, Danny Swanson uh-huh, yeah it, it was one of those ones where I mean again if Manatee had wheels it be a bicycle but if you know if that goes in it's a completely different <laughs> game and just him standing there saving it and we're talking about one of the most dominant performances we've seen in the league this season it's mental <laughs> yeah I mean for as good as Celtic were after St Johnston kind of conceded the first goal I did think they fell to pieces um, some of the defending I thought was <coughs> as bad as I've seen this season um, just something that you don't really expect from a, a Tommy Wright team I mean it sounds a bit of a cliche uh, no you're um, right though right. you're he, right he um, Obviously, he's kind of changed the style of play this season, as we all all know. Uh, and I, we did see in the first 20 minutes, as I said, a, a kind of more expansive St Johnston. But as soon as he conceded, they just they seemed to keep going forward and not realise that Celtic were picking them off. Um, it was almost a bit naive. Uh, and then obviously, to get into half-time 5-0 down um, <laughs> and defending like they did, I mean, it's just... It was an... In the end, an abhorrent performance from St Johnston, wasn't it, Casey? No, absolutely. I think that Tommy Wright was obviously down at Largs uh, yesterday and obviously watched the replay of the, the Hamilton Hibs game for, for that kind of performance. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely abysmal. Um, just, I mean, I, I don't know what else to say. I thought the defence was embarrassing at times. I mean... I think it was maybe Forrester's third or fourth goal. <laughs> I can't remember exactly what one it was, but the the, the midfield aren't even care. They're, they're not even trying to get back. They're, you know, that's something you expect to see 85 minutes, 90 minutes when you're already doing 4 nothing. You know what I mean? You're talking 35, 40 minutes at that point and they just, they've chucked it. I'd be absolutely embarrassed if I was a Johnson fan with that performance. They're certainly better than that. There's absolutely no doubt about it. What I think is quite interesting is that they've both faced Rangers and Celtic after European games, you know, the whole Thursday-Sunday thing, mm. um, and they've, they, they've no way to govern either of them because Rangers, Rangers destroyed them at Ibrox as well. Um, in regards to Celtic, 
I think Celtic are that stubborn that there clearly is a dressing room divide there, but they're that stubborn they put on a magnificent performance to cover that up. <laughs> uh, so, so I think that's that's abundantly clear. Well, the divide um, can still be there. If James Forrest just decides to do that, then there's nothing yeah, the other half of the dressing room can do, yeah, I suppose. Of, of, of course not, of course <laughs> not. I mean, as I say, they're just that stubborn and bitter that they put on that magnificent performance <laughs> to try and make Chris Boyd look like an idiot. I mean, who would ever do that? Um, James Forrest has got to take all the plaudits and rightly so fantastic but one thing that stood out for me was the return of form of Tom Rogic I thought that he looked excellent what Celtic have been missing all season and what he's no done all season driving with the ball neat wee cute passes in behind the uh, the back the back four I, I thought he was excellent um as well obviously obviously Forrest I'm mean, bagging four I'm there's not much else you can say but I, I really did think that Tom Rogic looked looked a class act and that'll be welcome towards Celtic after their kind of start and start so far this season absolutely I mean people have been going on about a crisis at Celtic sort of divisions in the back room um. And they did have their sort of bad result midweek, but I mean, let's not forget that is a, a Salzburg side who got to the semi-finals of the Europa League last year, um, and all of a sudden two wins in a row in the league, uh, and they're only three points off Hearts. Um, are you happy with how Celtic have sort of reacted to the criticism they've been getting, Gamba? Um, do you expect Celtic to push on from here? Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would expect them. I would expect them to push on. Regardless, um, I I suppose it, it's strange because the 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 midweek game really kind of it was it was strange because it, you get to half time in that game and you're kind of thinking okay the performance isn't quite there but they've shown enough that they could probably get something out of this game and by the end of the game, I mean people were calling for the manager's head that he's you know, tactically inept and things like that and you're going like, hold on wait a minute like forty five minutes ago they were probably going to be getting out of the group after three games and now you're wanting them to go to fuck off to Villa I don't really get that but um, <laughs> those fans in the world man <laughs> um, I, I mean it was interesting the Malumbu comments where he was just saying like nah after after we just sweep aside all the teams we're coming up against we'll, we'll be fine so you can at least see in the dressing room there's still that kind of arrogance there that we are the best team in the country and we can just sweep aside teams when we want to and if and if they do that over the next couple of games, they'll be top of the league in no time. But yeah. they should have done. But they should have done this in games earlier on in the season, and it's why they aren't top now. Mm. Um, well, weirdly or not, Celtic have actually now conceded the least goals in the, in the <laughs> Premiership. Um, funny old game is football, as they say. <laughs> on the you kind of touched on it there, but on the uh, sort of speculation surrounding Brendan Rodgers, obviously it was kind of released that he was on the shortlist for Villa he kind of ruled himself out today I think if I'm not mistaken do you expect Brendan Rodgers to be at Celtic by the end of the season Gamba do you think that his head will be turned continually throughout the course of the season Uh, no I expect him to be there at the end of the season I'm worried he won't be there for the start of next season (laughs) oh um, you I think, think he will jump ship in the summer? I, I think the summer transfer windows kind of showed him what he might be. I mean, almost the, the phrase you don't almost want to use is up against um, several targets he wanted to get a hold of, wasn't able to. 
I mean, Malumbu looks very, very good, but when you come out mm. of the transfer window with Malumbu and Edward when you wanted more players <laughs> and to hold on to some of your best ones, it's it's not particularly great. So I think this kind of speculation will probably continue until the end of the season, but I think dependent on the season Celtic have, he could, he could jump ship in the summer, but I don't think he'll do it during the season. Right, uh, so... Uh... That tells us that Brendan Rodgers isn't here for ten in a row. Mm. <laughs> sad. A sad, muffled sound from the voice of Andrew Gamble. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and moving on uh, to another team that were involved in Europa League action midweek. Um, Rangers, uh, as they swept aside league leaders' hearts at Ibrox 3-1. A big statement from Rangers this week, Casey. Yeah. Big, big European victory. And obviously... Beating league leader, league leaders' hearts, sort of ruining their unbeaten run. Yep, uh, few few points to make. Absolutely, to, to carry on for their their excellent result on Thursday night. Mm. Massive credit to them. But I touched, kind of touched upon it, and uh, uh, when we were talk, discussing the Celtic St Johnson game, but regards to Johnson, but that's two twice Rangers have um, obviously played on a Thursday night, and then with the game on the Sunday, and have been excellent, which is a massive, massive. Positive, um, because you're always expecting oh they they got to struggle they got to struggle coming, <coughs> coming back as if they keep telling us nobody wants to play Thursday Sunday, um, so no they they've answered those questions so far anyway, fantastic performance thoroughly deserved, as well basically what I said about Hearts, uh, Hearts have had a good a very good start but they were beating teams that they really should be beating, um. In, in, in some respect and we'll, we'll see where hearts are after the this next wee run of fixtures as I said in last week's podcast but no credit Rangers and thoroughly deserved but when you're getting gifted goals like that in this one <laughs> what in the hell is going on there by the way why would you try that at Ibrox you know what I mean like you don't do that at Ibrox or Parkhead especially after bloody two and a half minutes or whatever what are they playing at like that is just like I don't. I really don't know what to say. I mean, that is that's got to be one of the the worst tactics I've ever seen in my life. Well, the, the, amazing, uh, the amazing thing about it is, uh, I think it, it's Ike Piazza who's playing them all on site. Obviously, he just came back into the team this week, and it's like nobody has informed him that this is what they have now been doing. By the way, we're trying to we're trying to emulate uh, 19, 1980s Italian football. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I just I can't even believe that. I can't believe that. And nobody even tries to get back. <laughs> After they make the error, nobody tries to get back. There's like no, four no. Rangers players in a vault that could have finished that. Nobody even tries to get back. Oh, absolutely horrendous. For a team that have meant to be really solid, solid foundations. That was oh, I don't even I don't even I don't know where to go with that. That is it's honestly one of the worst pieces of defensive one of the worst pieces of defending I've ever seen and I really mean that that I have ever seen oh dear this, yeah, is, well, this, I mean, is, this is a man who's seen Gary Locke's hearts right Gary Locke's command and hearts I suppose that is shocking mm. well I mean I think the thing is if Ike Piazza actually wakes up from whatever slumber he was in. You're all genius. You're looking at that. You're, genius. Yeah, you're looking at that and going, "Oh, brilliant!" Cantonacci was the, back. The baby. balls to do that at Ibrox, um, but 
here we are slating them and they're one goal down after two minutes at Ibrox. I mean, it is a bit of a, a crash to earth for Hearts who obviously have been riding on the crest of a wave since the sort of start end of the League Cup groups, if you like. Um, but they did have a good chance to go to sort of make it level at 1-1. Excellent save from McGregor. Yeah. Um, mm. But all in all, it was a pretty bad afternoon in Glasgow for Hearts, wasn't it, Gamba? Yeah, um... Again, it's one of these. It's one of these strange sayings. We we're going to say, you know, it's you know, you aren't going to expect a result at Ibrox. However, you know, in certainly recent years since Rangers have been in the Premiership, um, teams have gotten results at Ibrox quite regularly. And under Gerard, it is it is becoming somewhere where you just don't get anything. It's becoming a fortress now. Um, you, I don't think you can. I, I, well, maybe you can understate it, but I don't think you can understate how good a result that is, considering where Hearts were going into that game, where Rangers were in the league, and the conditions that Rangers had to get that result in. I know you touched on it, and they had to, you know, they really had to dig in against Rapid Vienna during the week. I mean, three one looks more comfortable maybe than it was, considering they scored the what the winning goal was the eighty eighty something minute eighty third minute I'm going to say the penalty was yeah something, something like that so you know yeah. they've, they've had to really dig in against Rapid Vienna to get that result and then just to go in the Sunday against the league leaders but just you know for Rangers to do that is, is excellent um, <laughs> don't know whether don't know whether Hearts will be will be disappointed um, probably because, <laughs> because you're league leaders um, and it would have kind of sent a message to everyone else it's like nah this is this is serious boys you know but who knows they've got I mean what are the games they've got coming up in the league Aberdeen Hibs Celtic again right yes maybe they're going to be looking at hearts with maybe less trepidation than they did earlier as a result of that who knows Um. yes uh, I mean I think the thing for hearts is as the great Alex Ferguson said during his Aberdeen days that you need to go to uh, to Glasgow and win to be considered to be taken seriously Um. and it's very well beating the teams that you're expected to beat and sort of rack up the points but you need to beat Celtic and Rangers away from home if you are going to be sort of labelled as credible title challengers but I mean obviously we will see Aberdeen travel to Tynecastle um, after the international break and then as you mentioned Hearts have a couple of games where we will see what they're made of uh, and their bounce back ability from the sort of first setback of the season Um Yes, is there any other points you guys want to make on this game? No, ju- ju- just the rhetoric again, just as, as obviously as poor hearts were, I uh, thought Rangers were, were excellent, mm. really, really, really good, really professional performance and just something that, that you would, would never have seen last season. Um, I 100% believe that, that Rangers have improved massively and that Gerrard's getting, getting a lot of things right at Ibrox. Okie doke. Um and that ends the positivity with Rangers. <laughs> um, in fact, in fact, I will, I will ask a question. Obviously, uh, Lafferty and Morelos are both suspended for the semi-final against Aberdeen. Who do you picture Gerard putting up top? Does he bring in <laughs> Umar Sadiq out of the cold, or the does he kind of stick like somebody like Kent up front? Uh, it was, was Middleton in the papers, wasn't it? That was obviously calling that that, that he should be given. Giving a shot up front, I don't know. It's an interesting one. It really has its. It's just a massive, massive tactical call from him. Shows how kind of 
weak they can be up front because obviously I mean signing Lafferty was got to be cup tied was always got to be proved difficult for Rangers. Um, mm. I think he's he's got to go with one of the he's got to go with one of the wide men. Maybe play like a false nine or something. I don't know. Maybe that's been a bit too complicated, but. <laughs> um, uh, I really don't know. Maybe it is Sadiq that's got to play. I mean, interesting. He's, he's yeah. the only recognised striker they've got that's available. So, yeah. Using your tactical noose from the real world on the world on the podcast. Good to see Casey. Um, <laughs> and, of, <laughs> and of course, their semi-final opponents are Aberdeen, who also got in the goal act this weekend with a. A routine 4-1 victory over St Mirren at Pataudry. It seems to be the kind of norm when St Mirren visit Pataudry, or rather, when uh, Samson visit Pataudry. <laughs> right, see him. on that, I want to come oh, out here straight away, right? Straight away. I remember, the, obviously, the boys in the group chat yesterday talking about Samson's record at Pataudry and obviously another four goals. And I'm like, oh, God. Because I've got a wee soft spot for Samson, right? Just he's, right. He's, he's a big Kelly man. Kelly through and through. And... Um, when I, I was watching the goals and first, second, third, I'm like, hey, to be fair to him, he's not doing a lot wrong there. He's not doing a lot wrong there. And then the fourth happens and I'm like, oh, come on, Samson, man. <laughs> like, but I was, I really, really, really want, like, I wish he just went straight in, but I was watching it, I was like, hey, Samson's never near at fault for this. And then the fourth goal and you're just like, oh, dear, oh, dear, man, but... He's no helped that defending mm. again is appalling. But hey, credit to those Aberdeen goals were absolutely fantastic. It could have been more. Gary McKay Stevens' uh, effort for, for the right, what a strike that was. And some of the, I mean, well, particularly two of the goals were, were of a really, really high standard. Yes, I mean, I was up at this game on uh, Saturday. It just seems to be a bit of can Aberdeen play St Mirren every time they need a lift, I think. Well, just to touch on the, the Samson uh, record, he's conceded 19 goals in his last four games at Pataudry, which is absolutely remarkable. Um, <laughs> it's just crazy. Five goals a game, man, jeez. Uh, and obviously the, the big story from this game, um, especially from my point of view, is that Sam Cosgrove did a goal. Um, not just one, but two. Uh, delighted for him after he's... He's kind of become a not as much of a scapegoat as Stevie May. Um, and he does have like other assets to his game, but it's good to see him get a couple of goals, as we all know. Um, the cliche that strikers will be judged on their ability to score goals up front. And I thought even the the second goal. I mean, it, obviously it was large part down to Samson's ineptitude in goal, but his first one was like having Adam Rooney back up front. Brilliant header. Oh, um, it was an excellent header. It really was. Uh, I forgot about that one actually. And to the second one to have the awareness to sort of peel off, find the space, and just direct the ball towards goal. I mean, he's uh, hopefully he can add more goals to his game, shall we say? Um, and I thought in general it was a pretty rampant performance from Aberdeen, given the fact we had about nine <laughs> first team players injured, uh, and uh, obviously it gives sort of room for the youngsters to come in and show themselves. And I thought obviously highlight being. McLennan um, came in absolutely sensational. Just a, obviously his goal topped off what was a really good performance, and I would honestly say that he would have got man of the match if he'd stayed on. Um, had it not been for his unfortunate shoulder injury. What's um, uh, how serious is that? 
Uh, not not serious at all. I don't think. I think he should be fine, uh, given that there's an international break. But you just hope that McInnes sees how effective he was. I mean, he did allude to the fact that Aberdeen weren't the same team after he went off. So you just hope that he gives these guys more of a chance. I mean, I think this season we've got Bruce Anderson, Scott Wright, Frank Ross, Dean Campbell, um, McLennan, um, and obviously McKenna, all, all playing um, minutes, which is is good to see. Um, Definitely. So, Scott Wright's a guy that I've always wanted to see, given more a chance at Pataudry and the, some of the kind of brief glimpses I've had him. I think he looks like a right top, top talent. Um but for some reason or another, McInnes has just never really fancied him. I remember, was it a hat-trick or something he scored at uh, Firhill? Yeah. Aye. Right. But in fairness, I think he, this was the season he was kind of tipped to be sort of a, a big player for Aberdeen, but he, he's sort of been uh, hampered with a few injuries at the start of the season. That's why, he, I mean, I'm pretty sure he would have been in the starting eleven on Saturday if he wasn't um, injured. But I, I I totally agree. I think Scott Wright has a big part to play for the rest of the season. Um and if we can just sort of get over this sort of really strange period of injuries Aberdeen, the Aberdeen squad has, I think we're in a good place to have a, a decent squad sort of still in touch. I mean, obviously looking at the table, you're sitting in the bottom six at the minute, but you're still in touch with those above you. Um, and it can only get better, to be honest. I think everyone's sort of criticism of Aberdeen has uh, been the lack of goals, but um, you can only... Really as, and as bad as St Mary you can only really beat who are in front of you um, week by week week by week and Aberdeen put four past St Mary in a pretty emphatic victory so all around pretty pleasing um, just touching on St Mary obviously still Oren Kearney still looking for his first win um, as St Mary manager they did get their first goal under him <laughs> at the weekend uh, pretty decent finish has to be said yes but um it's not looking good for St Mirren, is it? Given the fact the first thing you want to do as a new manager is come in and make a team hard to beat. But, I mean, they shipped three goals away to Hamilton and now four away to Aberdeen. Right. It's not great reading, is it, Gamba? No, that that is one of the things. I mean, certainly from my own, you know, the green-tinted specs, watching the, the Celtic St Mirren game, you're looking at it and going, like, aye, he's... Mm, He's going to make this a really you know, cohesive unit and very difficult to beat. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see. And then it's what? Clamped by Hamilton. Clamped by Aberdeen. <sighs> Should have been clamped by Hibs. So it's really not looking good. No. I, and obviously, the who is our new signing? Is it Adam, Adam Hamill. Adam Hamill off, went off with a, a dislocated shoulder and that looks to be a, a bad injury. So he looks like he could be sidelined for some time which always just kind of sums that. up St Mirren's luck at the minute yeah I, th- I thought that was going to happen because obviously sports sound on Friday night um, they obviously spoke about Adam Hamill signing and uh, uh, Scott McDonald knows him well he's, he's a player I've always liked I remember him at the film when he was a cracking player and he was really good at Wolves for years um, I think uh, somebody bought him for a million as well um, and, and, he, and he was a tidy tidy footballer um, but Scott McDonald was saying, "Oh, if they can get him fit, then it'll be a good signing." So he's obviously had injury issues. Yeah, they throw him in straight away at Pataudry, and then that looks like him. He's got him injured for, for the foreseeable. I mean, I think that is really just. Well, I don't know. I think that's just very, very poor decision making. Same with all these new signings. 
I mean, when we signed Morumbu, look at the difference with Clark. We signed Morumbu, and Morumbu was training for weeks before that with us as well. It it it, it him two or three weeks before he made an appearance for Kilmarnock. Um, and we were all saying, oh, why is he not playing? But it was really clever for Steve Clark. Like, these guys have been chucked right into the, the firing line. Um, when they've not got a lot of football under their belts um, in, in recent, would you recent not, times. Would you not suggest that that just sort of says how desperate they are? For uh, no, a hundred Of course, of course that's what it is. Um, but, I don't know. It is worrying. They play us next in it's... Um, I don't know how it's going to go. It'll be, it'll be a really interesting game because they can't be much worse than that. I think they'll be right up for it, obviously. Kearney will have the whole international break to, to kind of... Well, well, a period of the international break, sorry, to, to, to try and get get his squad together. However, I think that Simeon Jackson is, is, a, is a good sign and potentially be a really good sign. I thought it was a really, really classy finish from him as well and I, and I think he'll cause teams problems when he gets up to full speed. Yeah, um, just to chuck in my Tuppensworth and Simeon, that, that first half they were one of the, the worst sides I've seen. Um, oh come to Pataudry. I mean, they did improve the second half. Has to be said. I don't know whether that was more just Aberdeen taking the foot off the gas and sort of McLennan getting injured. So the sort of speed of the game kind of changed. But St Mirren just gave Aberdeen loads of space, and Aberdeen um, have struggled to break teams down this season. So you want to instantly come and make it hard for um, Aberdeen. But they they didn't give. Aberdeen loads of space um, and even allowed Sam Cosgrove to score two goals so um, yes a, a big thank you to St Mirren I think is the message from me <laughs> from me this weekend um, hopefully kicks Aberdeen season on um, and hopefully see St Mirren get a bit better this season because it's, it's always sad to see a, a team come up and instantly struggle uh, moving on to another team who's struggling Dundee 1, Kilmarnock 2 Casey I believe you made the arduous journey north for this game Yes. Happy. Yes. Well, Expand. Well, I was just there. Uh, I was waiting on a certain question to be, to be thrown in there. <laughs> oh, we will get on to that. Don't you worry. But I thought I'd better ask you on Kilmarnock taking the three points first before you get offended. <laughs> Thoroughly deserve three points, Ryan. Absolutely no complaints in, in that matter. So, so let's just get, get down to the nitty gritty here. Um, well, I think everyone is waiting to hear you defend Jordan Jones, diver Jordan Jones. Yes. Well, well, well. Quickly, Gamba, is it a dive? Yes or no? Yes. Yes. Yes from me, Casey. Is it a dive? Yes or no? No. And I will let you uh, <laughs> put forward your case for this claim. No. One thing it it definitely isn't is a penalty, which I will happily. <laughs> Right, there's no. I'm glad we cleared that one up. <laughs> but in, in case people think that I'm that biased, that I'm not going to admit to a penalty, like it's, of course it's it's never a penalty, right? <laughs> it's funny they picked up the kind of opposite and what I did, and I think that his reaction says it all. In in sports scene, they try to say that his reaction say that everything, but it, it was a lose lose situation for him there. If he goes up waving his arms and they're saying, oh, they're saying, oh, blatant cheating. But he's 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 doing it. I genuinely like maybe I am extremely naive, but I don't know. I I, th- I think that he does lose his footing. Um, he's expecting a challenge absolutely, which can put people off. Um, I I don't know. I just think his re- his reaction says a lot. But other people will suggest that he's doing that to try and escape the punishment of booking. I don't know about that. I don't know. Surely he's no, 
he's not that bad. But the rhetoric uh, that's been spouted that is really quite something is if that uh, no doubt it'll have had an influence in the match, but I genuinely believe that they still won it. I mean, the way McCann's going on is as if that we as if Dundee had, had Kilmarnock in their back pockets and, and we go on one counter-attack and that changes the whole prospect of the game. We started really slowly, but after 20 minutes, 25 minutes, we totally controlled the full game. The full game. And nobody's talking about the Stonewall penalty that we should have had in the first half. You know what I mean? Like, Calvin Miller, uh, I think it's Stephen O'Donnell that gets the ball. Stephen O'Donnell and Greg shoot on the right-hand side. Gets the ball in, and Calvin Miller goes to slide to, to, to block the cross because he thinks it's going low. There's a wee bit of left on it. Calvin Miller's arms up. It's the most blatant handball you'll see all season. Who was the highlight of that? Nah, nah. Let's just pick the controversy about Jordan Jones diving. Hey, can we see if he does dive? Aye, he probably does deserve um, punishment for that because that is something that you know, obviously you don't want to see in the game and stuff. But for doing that, I, I, I didn't remember this reaction last week when. Aaron Taylor Sinclair totally cheats to get a penalty at Rugby Park. Nobody speaks about that. He totally O'Donnell pulls out the challenge. Taylor Sinclair gets past him. Nobody's talking about that. Why are they talking about Jordan Jones? Because of Jordan Jones' reputation. I don't know. End of the day, whether McCann's crying about it or not, Kamal thoroughly deserved to win the match. And if we score that other penalty, we go and win the game. Four one, four five one. I think. Um. So. Nah, I, I'm I'm not buying into the whole sympathy thing that, 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 that totally changed the outcome of the match because it didn't. I think we would have won the match comfortably anyway and we should have had a penalty in the first half. Okie doke, Gamba. Pick up on the, the controversy that everybody shouldn't be talking about. Um, Jordan Jones diving. Uh, what, is, it, is it bad? Should he be punished? Uh, sent to the chair. Um Hang on, oh. fire. <laughs> oh dear. Um, nah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, you probably should be punished for diving, but I mean, the, a precedent's been set this season that you don't get retrospective action for committing blatant fouls or cheating, so... Well, oh, I, I, oh, oh, only if you're at the old firm. Only if you're at the old firm, though. Uh, or, I agree. Or who was it, Aberdeen or what? What was that? Was that it was, it was given or what? I'd, it just seems to be that probably no retrospective action is deserved considering I the precedent. So, but I think there probably will be considering how much of a fuss has been kicked kicked up about it. Um, I, I just want to know, the main thing is, who was all this last week when it was a blatant dive that, that could have turned out and, and that was to put Motherwell up to an hour at Rugby Park? There was absolutely no issue about that because we go and go on with the game and win it. Wait, but well, the, yeah, the, I think that is the that's the mm. key thing here. That's because Dundee were one 0 up, and obviously, but 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 it's for those, no, but for nobody, those, spo- I, no, nobody speaks about how he blatantly cheats. No, it's a soft penalty. It's a cheat. He dives. He blatantly dives because he's expecting the tackle for uh, Stephen O'Donnell. Nobody's speaking about that. Um, I just, I just, if they're going to do that to Jordan Jones, rightly or wrongly, then they've got to do it for the week before as well because it's a that, that that's as blatant a, a dive as you'll see. Absolutely. Um, I mean, for me, I think diving is always going to happen in football. I don't think you're ever going to stamp it out. Um, and if I was a Dundee player, I'd be more raging at Stephen McLean, who is looking directly at it. Mm-hmm. 
as nobody <laughs> in his way sees that the Dundee player doesn't make any movement to, to, to take Jones out and he points straight to the spot it is an inconceivable decision I mean yes like Jones dived here but for McLean to give it is just uh, for me I, I can see how uh, Neil McCann is more livid in his in his words at the referee than at Jordan Jones because I mean in honesty every player is going to try and gain an advantage for their team honest or not um, that's just the way of it but I think it's just another controversial refereeing decision uh, I, mean, it's, it's, I, I mean obviously people are going to come out and say well oh well the, the player's got to help the referees and that kind of thing but he's looking right at it um, yeah. and there's no excuse for it um, and for Jones to be in my opinion correctly vilified for it I mean the referee should also be because it is an absolutely atrocious decision which is I mean you you do say that you, Kelly would have won the game comfortably but it's a bit of a turning point you know what I mean uh, as, people can as, sort of pinpoint that and suggest that well as, the referee as, I'm not, but I'm not but, I'm not debating that I'm just saying that it's, it's, ju- it's just from a certain fair point of view that Everybody's talking about that. Of course, it pitch command up two one away from home, and we we're a hard team to break down after that. But we were denied an absolute stone wall in the first half. But it's blatant a handball as you'll see all season. It's blatant as you'll see. Um, that's a frustrating point, and the point is if indeed we're robbed out of our performance. Look at the statistics. Thoroughly deserved to win the match. Like it was, and, and they had the cheek to try and say that Bucks was a soft penalty how in the hell is that a soft penalty it's a penalty every single day of the week I don't know what the rhetoric is there it's embarrassing Kilmarnock totally deserved to win horrendous refereeing decision once again um, and I well, th- th- that's all I can say about it I mean I'd, I, I think that I don't know it's just every week that there's something going on and that to me just tells me the standard of the refereeing isn't good enough. It's totally not good enough up here. And it's it's just got to continue week on week. But I don't want to dwell on that when we thoroughly deserve to, to win a game that we're not getting credit for. Absolutely. I mean, obviously you were there. I was just going to touch on um, Dundee because you mentioned that they are a better team than their sort of position sort of alludes them to be. Um, do you think that McCann's going to get more time or do you think it's just a matter of a, one more defeat and he's gone Casey um, who I, I don't mean to put him in the spot here but can anybody help me out and tell me who they're playing next it is um, apologies I feel bad doing that it's, it's my unfortunate I think it's Harps <laughs> away right. well right uh, no, sorry, no, no. no Livingston away right I do apologise um I don't know. I th- obviously, the one last week is hundred percent saved, saved his job for, the, the time being. I think that they are extremely unlucky, and decisions like that going against them certainly aren't going to help. But, really, did they, do enough to create a the highlights package or they could show was. What what's the difference? Because they're usually missing chances to be fair. But I, I thought last week that, that they weren't, um, the. Like the particularly yesterday that they, they didn't they didn't create enough. I think it's only the goal they show, which is a defensive error for us to be fair. Oh no, they 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 show the one error and the ball gets worked across the box. And then other than that, even when they're chasing the game, it's it's that when the long ball goes over and Jim McDonald comes out and make, makes a really good save. Um, I don't know. I really don't know. I think that they move the ball well, um, but I just. 
I, I think that someday, and I actually quite like Neil McCann, so I'm in the minority on that one, but, <laughs> um, but the, somebody's got to get better at that group of players than he is at the moment in time. Um, so, I don't know, if, if it's Livingston away, I can see them getting a point there. I really can. And the, the saving grace for them is that St Murn are garbage and Motherwell are garbage at the moment, and so are Aki's. I mean, we're just talking about how rubbish Aki's are. Um, let's say they're only three points away for Dundee, you know what I mean? It's just, it's so tight. It's so tight at the bottom. If one team down there picks up a draw and a win, <laughs> they're climbing three or four places. Hmm. Any other points looking at you, Gamba, before we move on? Uh, yeah, um, this has got nothing to do with the football. Um, <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> just with, it's because I've been watching a lot of the Batman movies recently when Neil McCann <laughs> described the penalty as a joke. I just couldn't get the, the, the mental image of Neil McCann as the Jared Leto Joker with damage written <laughs> across his head. Uh, I think it's going to end like Suicide Squad for McCann, though, badly. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> See, speaking of his interview, uh, Ryan, you said you're listening to Opnall Mikes on the way home yesterday. Uh-huh. Did you back up? Obviously, it's not as funny as it was, but at the time, we were all absolutely passing ourselves in the mortar on the way back. About when I asked Steve Clark, that's the first question I asked Steve Clark about it. And then it looks and like totally it, I, I, it looks like he just patches the question because yeah. he's like, obviously we, we they're like, oh, so, so Steve Neil McCann's obviously extremely frustrated about the penalty decision. Have you had a chance to look at it? Does Jordan Jones dive? Steve Clark's like, well, we were really slow to start the game. I think <laughs> I think the Olympians did indeed take control, um, and, and, and we keep we keep going over him, and it just looks like he totally patches the question. Then he eventually comes on to it, but it was just genius. We were like, oh my god, did he just ignore that? I thought he was going to give an ultimate politician's answer. I, I did pick up on that as well. Me and my me and my dad were laughing at that in the car. Brilliant, <laughs> Brilliant absolutely. Um, moving on to the final game of the Premiership at the weekend, Motherwell won, Lovey won, an absolute disgrace in terms of <laughs> in terms of level of goals. Um, but again, the Lovey steam train continues, Gamba, doesn't it? Another absolutely terrific result away at Motherwell, and we all just keep expecting Lovey to get beat weirdly, but they don't. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those ones where like you'd probably go like, ah, get a point of Fur Park when you're Livingston, easy. I mean, it sees them what drop out of the they're what fifth now, fifth, yes. Um, ah, incredibly disappointing. Should have should have <laughs> picked up a few points. What are they? The title race. Come on. Um, no, I mean, great result. Um, I want to just wheel out what are now cliches about Livingston. You know, good fight, good desire to get something from the game. Free kick. Absolute screamer, phenomenal, phenomenal free kick. Um, aye, um, I, I, maybe there's maybe there's disappointment considering that Motherwell ended up going down to ten men and they didn't pick something up from the game. But who knows? I think when you're Motherwell at that point, it's a case of like, you know, fuck it, just get the point. Like <laughs> we need it kind of at the moment. Um, so I mean, a great result from Livingston's point of view, but considering where they are on the table, it's probably quite a precious point for Motherwell as well yeah um, from what I read and obviously seen the highlights of this game I, I did think that Livy shaded it I mean let's just touch on the, the disallowed goal Casey should that goal have stood for you absolutely I don't see anything wrong with it um, it's just a stramash I mean 
if anything, it should be going the other way. Like, 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 I don't even mean that. I mean, like, no, I think there's a penalty in there, but with what Motherwell are all about at set pieces, then it seems strange <laughs> to, to give a go against them for a wee bit of roughing it about in the penalty. penalty nah, there's nothing in it for me, and Motherwell really got off in one there. Um, in regards to Motherwell themselves, I'm maybe a bit worried for them. I mean, I, I, a lot of the Motherwell fans, I think, online and stuff last week, obviously, because I came across it, obviously, because we played them, but they, they're getting a bit frustrated with Robinson. I don't think they've turned on him because I appreciate that he's working hard and obviously the job that he done there last season is fantastic, but everybody knows what Motherwell are all about now, you know what I mean? Like, they are a pretty one-trick pony at times, I mean, they're extremely direct, they're very physical, which can obviously go a long way here, but I think teams have kind of wised up to it a bit, um, and I, I don't know, it's, I, I, they need to play through through the middle more, they, play, they maybe not get the players to do it, but saying that, with guys like Chris Cadden, man, get him on the ball, like, what, a, what a player he is, Get him on the ball. Guys like Carl McHugh and that, don't cut it for me. Don't think he's good enough. Never have. It was embarrassing. He should have been sent off straight away uh, with that with, with that elbow. The elbow, man. It was, it was oh horrendous. It's totally got in there to endanger the opponent. That was an absolute shocker. Um, and, and, and then to dive into a tackle after he gets off him and stuff like that. Get him out, man. Like that's, He's he's no, no good enough for this level. Um and he's bringing Motherwell down a bit. I mean, Motherwell, I don't know. I've just never turned to McHugh. I've, I've never thought he was up to it. Um, and the, the way he acted on Saturday was, was pretty embarrassing for, from my point of view. Were you spewing into a bucket when he stuck that world in against Hearts in the Cup then? Well, see the thing is, <laughs> that was exactly well, the back of my head when I was saying that. But I remember him doing it, and I was like, what a finish. But it was like, uh, I mean, that's right, because <laughs> I've said it before. The game that stuck out with me was last season. Remember when Rangers played Motherwell first game? Mm-hmm. And Doran scores two, is it? Yeah. Um, that makes you, every time he got the ball in the middle of the park, he just seemed to think he had so much more time than he did. I'm like, he's a midfielder, man. Like, you know you've not got that amount of time. And he just he got caught out, honestly, about five or six times in the first half. He just, I don't know, prancing around with the ball. Um and I, 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 I don't know I don't, I've never rated them but that's just me but guys like Lewis and Andrew who watch Motherwell week in week out will obviously tell you something different similar to my, my views and Aki's I mean this is only what I've seen but he's not a player I like I, I, don't, I don't think he's there's much mm. about him to be fair um, well I think a close look at Carl McHugh's bank account over the next few weeks will be in order um, to see what betting syndicate he was uh, placing a bet on himself to get sent off for in this game because he's Steve Jennings man <laughs> he certainly wanted to get sent off I mean the first one as you touched on there absolutely ridiculous should have been off and you could even argue the second one was a straight, a straight red card as well um, and Robinson had the cheek to argue that it was a soft <laughs> sending off absolutely madness I mean it was <laughs> it was two ridiculous challenges um, first one should be probably cited in my eyes for another few games I mean if Scott McKenna is getting cited for endangering an opponent and giving a two game ban um, McHugh should certainly be given more than a one game ban for a double yellow card then for that challenge on the, the Lovey player would you agree Gamba? Uh, 
Yeah, sure, why not? Um, <laughs> Good. But I was going to ask you down if you But I was going to ask, like, what, what did you think? What did you think was a worse tackle, that tackle or the Swanson tackle? Um, what one? The Celt in the Celtic game. Aye, but do you um, mean no, McHugh's elbow McKenna. or his tackle? Like the tackle, the slide tackle. Uh, Swanson's was brilliant because it was just a. F- <laughs> I don't care, just bitch forest, man. I mean. He wanted off the pitch. I mean, let's make the bones about that. He was, he was obviously told something at half time and then he was fed up, so he wanted to go home early. There's obviously a dressing room divide then. <laughs> I think you can tell that by Tommy Wright's reaction when Swanson goes off the park. I mean, he just, he's just looking at him through the kind of corner of his eye. He won't even look at him directly. He's that disgusted. But, no, Carol McHughes was, uh, was worse. It's, it's, it's a strange one because, as a, again, you have no idea what happens with this SFA disciplinary, you know, how people get cited for it. Like you can make a bad tackle in a match and it gets cited but you can also make a bad tackle in a match and it's dealt with during the match and it's then rescinded so <laughs> it is it's just they're totally, totally making up as they go along this weekend I do not have a clue what's going to happen I reckon Jones will get it done McHugh won't I don't know Swanson's yeah. will end up getting rescinded or something yeah probably <laughs> <laughs> nah you can't rescind that but I, it's just it's, you don't even know what the what the, what the compliance be, officer ah, because there's the, there's, the no cons- there's, there's no consistency and I know obviously there is an element mm. of saying like okay well you do have to take things by case by case basis because all oh. football games are different and things like that but it is just like you know McHugh, like, I mean, how long was that boy down getting treatment for after he battered him in the head and the elbow, man? Like, he was gushing like, <laughs> like, he lost gallons of blood, him, like, I think. Moses' partner, Red Sea, kind of stuff there, yeah, man. Like, <laughs> the blood that was coming out of his head, man, but they set his back <laughs> to BC, man. But, it, was, uh, it was horrific, and it's it like, was... there's going to be nothing done about that, you know, it's just... <laughs> But but well, the same way with like McGregor diving on Hartley and he's hanging higher, doesn't he get whipped at? It's just I don't know. It's it's the I don't know. I, I just, it just gets me angry thinking about what they're actually got to do after this weekend. Nothing uh, would surprise me. Nothing would surprise me. They're meant to be there to clear up the mistakes <laughs> made by referees. And they just they, make they, it they worse. make an absolute job of it. They have the they have the ability of hindsight with three people to sit around the table and just, look at it, stuff in slow motion and go, ah, oh, yeah, that was a wrong decision. I just, uh, it's, it's unbelievable. As you say, they've got hindsight. They get every look at it they can and they still make the wrong decision. You're just like, what the hell is going on, man? Some would say agendas, others would disagree. Um, moving on. Um, something I want to discuss obviously you've mentioned it several several times throughout the podcast is Chris Boyd's comments um, saying, well, asserting the fact that there is a divide in the Celtic dressing room um, just kind of to discuss the topic um, in, in, in a bigger picture, not necessarily Chris Boyd, but um, players and managers who are currently involved in the game, like Chris Boyd um, should they be speaking about those who they are competing against currently uh, in the league um, I put it out on Twitter actually um, in a poll um, and our viewers responded in their numbers <laughs> um, people said 
32% of the poll said no, it's not an issue. Um, people like Chris Boyd should have an opinion regardless. Uh, but 68% said um, it's unprofessional. Um, and players and managers currently involved shouldn't be speaking out um, about other teams' players and dressing rooms uh, if they are invested in the game at that time. Uh, I'm going to come to you first, Casey, because I think that you will side with Chris Boyd on this one. If not, <laughs> I do apologise. However, I don't think I will have to. Uh, well, you should apologise because I actually voted that that, that you shouldn't uh, be coming out oh, saying I that kind of stuff. Um, I've had a bit of a laugh in Twitter recently, obviously for him that follows me, and I was kind of loving it a bit just because it's Chris Boyd. I really do think it's funny just the way he goes <laughs> on and that. He's about a character that way. No, I, listen, I, there's me sounding like Chris Boyd. Um, I've but what you will say is. <laughs> but what I will say is um, <laughs> that I have like, it has been funny and stuff but you really you shouldn't be saying that um, and this is the first time it's really kind of perked up a bit since the early days Clark I mean I came out and because this is why even though I've had a bit of a laugh at this year this time last year I was slating Chris Boyd for it because we as a club were really really struggling and Boyd couldn't wait to write his columns about Rangers and stuff, and like it was, it was a frustrating time as a supporter. Just thought they didn't really care, and he done Aberdeen's team talk for them, and they came down to Rugby Park with the whole Graham Shinney stuff and that, and then, and then bad, and it obviously came out against Ryan Jack as well. He shouldn't be saying it. Um, do I think that he's got a point? Aye, I do. I think that he maybe is. He's got something there. Um, Again, he's uh, obviously I've seen his interviews. It's quite funny for how kind of embarrassing that he just he just refuses to to give a source. He's just like no, because I know. But uh, I th- I think there's definitely something there. I mean, if if him says that the boy art stuff at Celtic hasn't had any kind of impact in the dressing room, then they're a liar. Uh, obviously, they're united in that now. It's clear to see, but. The way that boy I acted, I would be very disappointed if the likes of Scott Brown or whatever never was up and had a word at him and well, how important the club is, and there probably was a kind of slight divide for that period. And I uh, boy, they shouldn't have been doing it. But that goes the same way, I mean, to to almost go to his defence. I mean, the likes of Brendan Rogers uh, has been very, very discrediting towards Kilmarnock, I think, um, in his time up here. Um, Obviously, his first season, Rogers couldn't do nothing wrong. He was a messiah, you know. Um, but when the kind of wheels have come off slowly but surely, seen a wee kind of a wee kind of better side to him. I think he's he's discredited every kind of command that went over Celtic. And uh, when we get the point at Parkhead, a wonderful defensive display. Came out and said, "Oh, eleven firemen could have done that job," which is really um, disrespectful to Steve Clark, commander, the supporters. Uh, Guys that go out and work hard to and get get a well deserved point stuff like that doesn't sit well with me. But there wasn't a big media who had about that. Obviously, Brendan Rodgers isn't coming out and saying, "Oh, I there's a dividing commander." Um, I know just because I know. Obviously, it is a bit different. But I mean, the point still stands in regards to um, you really just shouldn't really be coming against other teams. I know that's after a game and stuff, and emotions are high, but. Listen, Brent, Brendan Rodgers has lacked a bit of dignity at times as well. But, no, nah, for the future, Chris Boyd really kind of should, should wrap it a bit. 
I definitely think that. Even okay. though I did think it was funny, but sorry okay. for rambling on there. Apologies. Sorry, right. um, Gamba. Not just necessarily Chris Boyd, but do you think it's okay for say managers to appear on like TV, um, speaking about other teams whilst they're um, actively involved in the game? What's your take on that? Um, I think it is it, it is unprofessional. However, I don't have a problem with it. Um, right. <laughs> I, I I always think it kind of adds to the kind of just flavour of these games. Yeah. Um, I just like the extra kind of bite it gives, the extra narratives it gives. Um, if you're one, you know, if, it's weird because in, in football we kind of have this kind of, this kind of middle ground we've got where players speak to the media very regularly and so do managers, but they, they never really... They never really say anything controversial, so it's kind of just like mush. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas when you get someone who's actually trying to maybe make a point, I mean, I would maybe obviously he wasn't a kind of active player, but he was certainly very active in Scottish football with Sutton just writing articles every week, getting ripped into people. Like I, I really, really enjoyed that. Um, <laughs> um, even when it was dialing things like that, and it's it's interesting to see it coming from current active players um, Boyd's it's interesting because I, I do think he probably has something to do with Celtic as uh, the Celtic dressing room as Callum said um, I mean one of the things I didn't get, I don't think got picked up was when he was getting ripped into Aberdeen fans for the cup semi-final <laughs> like uh, I, that was, I thought that one was a lot worse than what he was saying about the Celtic dressing room and it just seems to have been is that kind of you talking about how hate fueled Aberdeen were? Or not? Aye, yeah, I remember thinking <laughs> of reading that and just going like, well, okay, he's he's going to face some kind of backlash and yet he's got, you know, Tom I English gr- was... grilling him fr- Frost Nixon style talking about the Celtic dressing room. I'm going like, wait a minute, he's just, he's just, he's just slighted the entire Aberdeen support. Like, yeah, we're not I, gonna... think that, I think that one was just totally brushed over just because it was so ridiculous and it was so obvious. He was looking for a bite. Um, I mean, there's more more subtle ways you could go about sort of winding up the Aberdeen support, but seeing that headline, you're just like, oh fuck off, boy. <laughs> Here he is again, trying to pipe up, trying to wind up Aberdeen fans. Because I mean, obviously everyone knows about the stick between Aberdeen fans and Chris Boyd, um, and he kind of thrives on that. Um, but I, I think it was just so ridiculous, so ridiculous, and that sort that nobody took it seriously. But um, just just kind of briefly to summarise, I mean, I it probably is unprofessional, but you know what? It's it's a competitive sport, and as we've talked about, people are going to dive and cheat and things like that in these games. If you want to take a newspaper column out in the Daily Record or the Sun just to wind people up and get a sporting advantage that way, hey, go for it. I I quite enjoy it. <laughs> I think Gamba summed it up really well there. Actually, I, I agree with him. Yeah, I think he's he's spot on. Okay, Thank you, brother. Um, and moving on to back to action this weekend obviously that wraps up our Premiership discussion so the Championship I'm just going to go straight to the main talking point um, obviously after Partick lost 2-0 to Ross County um, at Fur Hill Alan Archipold got the sack still a hero in the eyes of many Partick Thistle fans but he is gone Um it is one that's been coming for a while, um, Gamba. Who do you see replacing Archibald? Obviously, because we have talked about in recent weeks uh, about Partick's poor form and all that kind of thing. So just looking forward, who do you see would be the 
person to take part uh, of. I don't know. To put you on the spot. <laughs> I honestly don't know. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I mean, just for power, it'd be funny if they just got Jackie McNamara back. Just yeah, <laughs> oh it, ended like, it ended the way last time. That'd be that'd be a good laugh. Um, sure, Shava, why not? That's that'd be great. Um, <laughs> I I'm just I'm just really sad Archibald's gone. Um, yes. I think he was one of the really good guys in Scottish football. Um, the way he got Thistle promoted, taking them into the top flight, keeping them in the top flight for that many seasons, the top six finish. Um, just the way it's kind of happened so early into the season. But uh, uh, and before you even, before you even kind of got to get Koulibaly off the ground as well is quite sad. It would have been interesting to see what would have happened had he had him in the. The squad for a while, but uh. in answer in answer to your question, I I don't know, but I don't think they're going to be able to get someone of the quality of Archibald, which is quite sad. Hmm. It just seemed like it was a he'd been treading water for a long time, didn't it, Casey? Hmm. It seemed like even though as good a manager he is, it just kind of seemed as if it was a situation that was um, wasn't ever going to get better the longer he stayed was it Casey? Nah it's but I'm with Gamba again here I think it's it is really disappointing because I really recommended Thistle at the end of the the season obviously only get relegated the, the fact he stuck with Archibald because I think he did deserve a chance to, to get them back up because he's really he's a legend he's a Thistle legend um, but get relegated and only three wins this season obviously and I get two, two defeats in the bounce but it's not the worst but I can understand it seemed like everyone was just buying time it didn't I think it looked it was kind of papering over the cracks a wee bit there maybe he's just been there too long now um, basically, basically what you were just saying there right now the longer he stayed the longer it was inevitable but I'm all disappointed because and 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 no the same way because I'd be hating us. I hated the way the way that we were getting, like when we all went to walk out and folk go, aye, but but he's a good football man and all that pattern. But like, uh, I, I Archibald is, he's, he's a, I think he is. He's a really really good guy and works hard and he, and he's got a proven track record as well. I just hope that he gets work elsewhere because. I've always liked him like to style of play, but at the end of the day, I didn't know what was working for Thistle, and the Thistle fans will tell you that, reading the comments, they were, all, they, they were all happy, but 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 the, equally they were a bit sad that, that Archibald went, but at least he's went with a bit of dignity still intact, because I heard a few times last season the, the shouts to him to, to get to get to Fennec or whatever, as they say, but uh, it was... I, try, I, try. I, try. I just didn't really want it to end sour for him because yeah. after all he's done at the club but I see Thistle for some reason can do a kind of similar route a kind of un, somebody untried and de- definitely somebody tried and tested I think not the same way Morton have brought in like Jonathan Johansson out of nowhere I think that I think that Thistle will, will, will make a kind of similar appointment don't know why but I, I just have I've just got a wee, wee gut feeling about that yes I mean obviously Chris Davies also. Oh dear. Um, Obviously, Archibald led Thistle to their highest ever league finish um, in the top six, so sad to see him go. Obviously, the sort of side story to this um, game was Ross County winning to keep in touch with Ayr at the top of the table. Um, Do we guys see Ross County um, coming back up? 
They should. The problem, I've got yes the, or the, no. Let's do that. Gamba. No, because Aero will win the division. Oh. <laughs> and they won't come up through the playoffs? Give me six months and I'll give you an answer to that. <laughs> Casey? I think, I think that they, they will um, get promoted. I think the Aero will probably fall away, but they've had a magnificent start, but just think the resources at Ross County, I mean, they've Dwarf, Dwarf have dealt in the league and mm. Dwarf and United I think to some extent maybe that is just pure hearsay and not pure speculation and me not really having an opinion but I think that Ross County are probably paying more then again I was really shocked to hear about some of the the money that, that's been paid at Tannadice as well uh, from really well. really mediocre <laughs> poor players um, yes. so maybe no but there, there's definitely money at County that, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm really trying mm. to emphasise here and an airing shadow Ross County cast over the rest of Scotland <laughs> at the minute um, dwarfing them <laughs> uh, moving back onto the, the goals 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 um, theme that the Premiership gave us obviously Queen of the South 3 Alwa 3 is the pick of the goals is that Bobby's fourth the, the championship just, just 24 Sorry? goals <laughs> is it his fourth hat trick aye Yes. Um, give Aloha three goals start against Stephen Dobby and they still can't win. Um, aye, so I, I just noted it in there. Tw- 24 goals in 15 games in all competitions for Stephen Dobby. And it, it's just um, ridiculous. I mean, as soon as you see him get one in these games, you're like, oh, well, that's him basically got a hat trick. You run out of superlatives every week to describe him, but could he, could he play it in the Premiership? Absolutely, yes. I've yes. said that. He would 100%. walk into. He would walk into most teams in the top flight. I ge- I genuinely believe that. I haven't seen him. I think he he would improve any th- side in the top flight. He's phenomenal. He's different class. Both feet, intelligence, goal scoring ability. What mm. a player, man! What a what a player. I mean, weirdly, um, Queen of the South <laughs> haven't won in four games despite. Uh, Dobby's um, best efforts, shall we say? Um, obviously, they'll be looking to sort of improve that. Um, on the other side of this game, Aloha, they're not really going to get a better chance to win a game of football this season. Obviously, been <laughs> three goals up uh, before Dobby entered the free. Um, obviously, he was on the pitch, but um, yes, uh, still no wins for Aloha, but they're still not bottom of the league, Gamba, um, because Falkirk are still so bad. Yes. Um... An excellent, I mean, an excellent win for Dunfermline. Uh, to, I mean, I, I know they went above quite a few teams with that result. Um, oh my God, is that Steve Clark answering that question? <laughs> <laughs> but okay, talking about Alwa. Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, <laughs> I kind of wanted to talk about Dunfermline, but cool. Um, aye, Alwa, it's, it's a strange one because, I mean, if they are going to keep picking up points like this, um, it all just depends on how shambolic uh, Falkirk are going to be. Um, <laughs> it's it's a really really strange one because you would look at Alwa and go either probably favourites to go down automatically there but Falkirk have to pick up points you know <laughs> they aren't um, they will I mean from what I heard from this game I think Alwa had a you know a really really good chance to win this quite near the end um, oh, right. and there was quite a you know, good save from a uh, Stephen Dobby. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, do you know that it was one of those things where I was I was watching the results coming in on Saturday and it was it was the wee you know the wee video printer on Soccer Saturday and it was just yes. just looking at it it was just like oh there's Dobby got one and it's one of those it's like aye a few more will follow surely like, it's just like you just know like you just, mm. without even watching these games you're just like aye don't worry like a few more will come for him it's, <laughs> it's mental it is absolutely mental but I mean if Alva can show that kind of attacking you know ability in other games then mm. they'll they, they may be able to put some daylight between themselves and Falkirk however as you've said Stephen Dobby has scored a lot of goals for Queen of the South this season and they're still sitting mid-table, so maybe it's not that much of a good sign for them as they think it could be. Mm. I mean, weirdly, Alou had only scored three goals before that game. Um, <laughs> moving on to the, the only reason you came on to this podcast, Amber, um, to speak about Dunfermline, <laughs> they, they won 2-0 against Falkirk. Another absolutely rotten day for Falkirk, um, mm. who's still sit at the bottom of that table. Um, yes, wax lyrical about the Udon Fairman. Um, well, <laughs> uh, it's going to be quite, I think it'll be quite hard for Falkirk to see Hippolyte scoring, uh, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean, a, a great result for them, seeing them jump uh, ahead of quite a few teams. I mean, I know Thistle have been quite shite recently, and Queen of South are drawn with Morton, as I've just discussed. But, um, yeah, um, who knows what's gonna Who knows what's gonna happen with Falkirk? Um, would it'd be it'd be interesting to have have Johnny on soon to kind of talk about their uh, <laughs> the woes really? Mm. Um, because I mean, McKinnon was saying you know we we never really got to a level that the Vermeulen were at, and I mean just from watching the championship and following it and recently, you'd be thinking you know Falkirk should have the ability to kind of match Dunfermline as good as Dunfermline have really been in the past years, and you know obviously last year very good, and they've got good friend of the show Robert Muirhead there uh, it'd, be, it'd be interesting to see just how they could like how they can get to that level what's going wrong it's it's, it's really worrying I think that Falkirk though it's just again I'm just looking at that starting a living and it's no good enough it's, mm. it's, it's rubbish it's <laughs> seeing you back Houston's Falkirk you went through it and you're like, he's a player, he could probably play, he could play top flight football, he could play top flight football, he's played top flight football. You look at that and you're just like... And to be honest, a lot of them have like, moved on to play yeah. top flight football, so... Sybil Dalston. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like, just these guys here, man, has-beens in England and stuff, that, that, that Hartley, just, I don't know what he was thinking what he was thinking in, in the summer they are just really really poor guys who have no get a lot of first team experience I don't mean to have a personal go at these players but you can't sign all these boys for England who haven't even played a hundred senior games and expect them to come up here and stroll it mm. exhibit A look at Lee Clark what he tried to do at Kilmarnock it was a mess and that's why McKinnon and Taylor really get their work cut out there but they'll do it I genuinely believe that they'll keep them up they'll get to January and they'll sign quality players uh, um, who'll who, who pull them out the shit that they're in because they're, they're far too good to, to be in that position but again looking at that starting 11 who, who is there that even stands out you know what I mean 
Mm. I mean, it's almost a bit like St Mirren in the fact that they just kind of have to battle through to January. Yeah, until absolutely. Until they can sort of reshape their squads. Gamba, sorry, I jumped it, in ahead of you. No, I mean, the, the thing that, again, you hear from these games is a lot of Falkirk's games recently is, is like, it's not even close. So it's it's quite worrying that, especially you guys saying, like, there's not really a solid foundation to build on there. I mean, you may... Considering, considering how many players they signed in the summer as well. And you're looking at it and going, like, you probably actually need a full squad rebuild in January to kind of compete with some of these teams in the Championship. It's horrendous. See what to do. If, if he's on there already, already, go into the... If he's aren't there already, so, uh, go into the BBC website and look at the two lineups. And player for player, don't film and beat them all the way down the list. Every single player on that, there's no one player on that Falkirk team that gets in that, that they're filming. For me, no one, which is extremely worrying. I had a feeling that they would have got a result though, just with the derby and mm. so they get the win another week there, but you, you just look, player for player, they do not match up. They're filming are streets ahead of them. Aye, well I mean, it's <coughs> players like Petra, Vitius, Haber, I mean... Muirhead even to an extent they're just they're players that are kind of become stagnant in Scottish football and they're not going to get better anytime soon and as you say um, they just need to start again as as bad as it is mm-hmm. um, obviously it's a bit better um, for the team of the podcast here um, absolutely incredible job um, is Ian McCall doing with them 2-0 against Dundee United this weekend um, obviously managerless Dundee United um, to retain their place at the top of the table four wins in a row um, Lauren Shanklin getting another um, rainbows over Somerset gamba at the minute isn't it I know you like to dream of Air United making a return to top flight Scottish football um, that, that, uh, if anyone's seen that Ron Paul gif from the 2008 <laughs> oh uh, God. Republican, <laughs> Republican uh, primaries it's happening get ready is is Rod Paul not no as well to, to, to go in the kind of politics of the the Rouge farm? <laughs> but is he not? Is, is he not? What a truth are you talking about? Is, is is he not a truther to an extent? What are we? What like Robbie Muirhead's truther? Are we talking? <laughs> Almost to that extreme, but does he not believe there are various? Adam I? I I couldn't I couldn't tell you I'm not too familiar with the politics of Ron Paul I'm very familiar with the gif of his I'm doing the jazz hands <laughs> and the fucking fireworks going off in the background it's just it's happening in full bold but uh, I know he's a libertarian but apart from that I don't really know much else about him I was like maybe <laughs> <laughs> uh, to dive in and save you Casey <laughs> <laughs> but quickly move on I'll ask you about the United job who who gets that job for you given the fact that They've got Laurie Ellis in charge there at the minute. Obviously, he's not going to get that. Um, but what was worrying for me was that Tom was actually open to having him there as, as in charge. There's nothing against Laurie Ellis, but you did not improve by a failed administration bringing it to the assistant manager. I mean, it doesn't work. It never works. Um, so, uh, I remember Tom saying that last week. I didn't know that Tom was shouting and screaming for Laurie Ellis to get the job, but... But he said that he would be a, a decent candidate, whereas I disagree with that. Against nothing against him personally, I just you're not going to get a different result if you're already working with these guys. For me, straight up, 
and I know it sounds boring, but it's got to be Jim McIntyre. It's got to be Jim McIntyre. He's, he knows the club. It it just ticks all the boxes. He gets teams promoted, rejuvenates them. It's got to be, and with the resources it will have there, m- maybe not the resources that will quite dwarf Ross County, but probably dwarf all <laughs> the other sides in the league. Um, aye, you've, you've got to get a guy like McIntyre in there that, that can get the best of it best out of these players which I think he probably could in Wee's contacts I think he would sign well in January for me that's exactly who I would want if I was a Dundee United fan at this moment in time obviously I'm showing the jobs up at times because Jim McIntyre was obvious candidate for our job and look at what we turned out with so you never know but mm. I don't know I, I just think that he really does tick all the boxes but it's an exciting time usually when you're looking for the new manager because there's always a lot of kind of interesting names brand about, but I think that out of the names that I've heard, I would I would want him to be fair. Ian McCall is like would be a candidate as well. Somebody was at United before, knows the club, the job he's doing it here. Would he leave here to go to United? I doubt it. Um, I think he's always stayed loyal to you for for their kind of getting him back into the game. So, but just kind of throw names out there. Okay, no. Um, they're interested in is. It, is it Nielsen that they're talking to? Yes, I believe that is correct. Well, it's definitely a name that's being touted for the job. Yeah, but I would I would have Martin Tyler uh. on Nielsen every day of the week. John Hughes. I like John Hughes, but again, I think I'm in the minority oh. with that as well. Yes, I so think I would like a minority that involves just you. A management team of John Hughes and Neil McCann to serve yeah. the United. <laughs> Um, and just to touch on the last result in the championship this weekend was Inverness 1, Morton 1. Um, a predictable, boring result. I mean, a third to draw in a row for Inverness. Um, and Morton, jo- Johansson still without a win as manager. Does anybody want to comment on this exhilarating game? Well, it fear-rated me because I had Inverness in my, my coupon. Um, oh dear. And Inverness, think, um, still still invincible. Indeed, yes, the, the Invincibles, robbers, Invincibles. Um, gonna no, draw their way, draw good, their way to an invincible uh, label. <laughs> good, uh, good point for Morton though to go up there. Um, and Johansson to to kind of go off the mark a wee bit. Um, but again, as as we spoke about, we all know that it's actually uh, Peter Houston. The, 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 there seems to be a lot of puppet masters in Scottish football at this moment <laughs> in time. You've got, and- you've got Andrew Gamba. <laughs> to Ryan Crombie, you had Levine to Cathro, you've got Pierre Houston to Johansson, and then you've got David Martin to, to Gary Holt. It's a perfect game. Yes, uh, moving swiftly on from that. Um, <laughs> scandalous assertion. Yes, that's what I'm looking for. Absolutely scandalous. Um, Therefore, you have been kicked from the remainder of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that kind of ran, rounds up the, the championship. Moving on to League One. Um, absolute flurry of goals here as well. Just seems to have been everyone decided this was the weekend they were all going to start banging in the goals. Everyone scored apart from Forfa. Um, just to kind of pick out a few of the big results. Uh, oh, well, let's start with Wraith Broth. The big talking point from this being Dick Campbell getting chanted, you're just a fat peaky blinder at him. <laughs> that is absolutely genius, man. As he was sent to the stand, um, Dick Campbell absolutely running Scottish football once again. 
Um, I mean, decent point for his team, to be fair. Away yeah. at Wraith. Um, but, I mean, do you <laughs> think he would be happy with that, given the fact our both are top of the table? And it was quite a late goal from what I can remember. Um, mm. It could have been... Uh, it could have been also also much better. The league could have been wrapped up. Um. No, it was an eighty seventh minute equaliser from Wraith, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's one of those ones where, like, you know, the the, the gap is kind of kept the same, but uh, they probably will be kicking themselves. It's it's not a what seven point gap. Mm. Or four points. Six. It would have been then, I suppose. Sorry, oh. sorry. Of course, yes. Sorry, I was just. Stating the I can't. Game. I can't count. So you know, it's a bit of a problem. <laughs> uh, both of those teams have actually still to get beat this season. Um, so both of them still have the target of invincibles. Um, other results: uh, Airdrie got beat by Brecon. Three goals to one. Brecon. Airdrie. Airdrie are just. They're so disappointing, man. Mm. But, but we we say this every season. Yeah. Uh, they end up mid-table, League One. They won't get promoted. They won't get relegated. It's um, just, it's really, it's really... They are like kind of Clyde where until kind of this season, Clyde have kind of knocked it up a gear with Danny Lennon. But see that, ju- just you think that the potential of the club's there. It's massive and they just linger about. But what a result for East Fife, man. <laughs> um, obviously beating Forfer. 4-0 away from home. Um... I backed him in the predictions and I get a bit worried when they, have they seem to have a four for one there but excellent result for East Fife and I think that's five wins in a row for them now as well which is unbelievable Aye, absolutely. Well, I mean they hadn't won in their first four games and then have suddenly kicked it up a gear um, won five in a row as you say absolutely terrific result um, uh, elsewhere another decent result was Stranraer um, beating Dumbarton 3-2 a bit worrying for Dumbarton to be honest well, um, I was kind of saying this off the point I was shouting for Steve Aitken to get sacked weren't you yes um, his head on a spike outside my house by the <laughs> dawn of tomorrow <laughs> listen listen you don't want to see a guy lose his job it's his life <laughs> no but it is it's an extremely frustrating time for for Dumbarton um, as you say I mean they're joint bottom of the table Really, they should be. I really thought. Th- th- I thought Rafe would would walk the league this year, but I had them Barton right up there as well. Mm. Um, just with how how well they competed every year in the championship for being on that kind of shoestring budget and the kind of part time element. Um, but no, it's it's kind of worrying times. But I think they should maybe stick it a wee bit with Steve Aitken after after the job he's done. But then again, it's maybe reminiscent. Uh, of a Mr. Alan Archibald uh, mm. there for myself here, mm. but it um, does kind of become intrinsic that uh, their success is built on fighting at the bottom of the table <laughs> rather than I kicking uh, it on man. yeah um, and it appears to be what they're going to end up have to do this season um, other result in this division was another 3-2 Stenhouse Muir scenes absolute, <laughs> absolute scenes this is carnage I love this <laughs> explain uh, Stenhouse Muir were 2-1 up with what like 5 minutes to go and Montrose get an equaliser and then like 5 minutes into injury time uh, Stenhouse Muir go 3-2 up which is a huge <laughs> which is a huge huge result when you look at the table considering like where Montrose and Stenhouse Muir were and now are um, yes absolutely <laughs> I mean I th- it was 
some uh, Stenhouse Moor were lingering on six points. Um, and uh, you expect them always to do a wee bit better than that. But I late late goals, absolutely terrific. It's what we're all Is about. Is there any? Sorry. It's what we're all about. Yes, especially this weekend. Um, is there any other points anyone wants to make on League One in general before we move on to League Two? Yeah, that'll be enough. And moving on to League Two. Um, <laughs> uh, results in League Two this week. Well, I'll just pick out the sort of highlights. Edinburgh City again. I feel like I'm repeating myself every week with mm. this one. Um, that's now eight, eight wins in a row. Um, that's three clean sheets in a row. Um, and it does look like their investment uh, this season is going to pay off with at least a playoff place. Um, Which is remarkable they, when you consider where they've came from, you know. Um, absolutely. So, no, f- fair play. Could be a bit of ambition in there. Um, well, I think, it, as you it. say, I think it shows you what you can do if you inject a wee bit of cash. I mean, obviously we're not um, suggesting that all these clubs suddenly pull money out of thin air, but instead of Edinburgh City being happy with just getting promoted into professional leagues, then um, they want to kind of kick on up the way and sort of grow well as a club, if you like. No, that's it. Right now, I think the the table when you look at the top team and the bottom team really does just tell you that Edinburgh City, who I've went wee bit of ambition here, brought in guys and as I say, and I've tried to have a good go at it. Obviously, not every club have got those resources to do, so I'm not suggesting that straight away. Then you look at Albion Rovers, who have obviously got a bit of stick for all the kind of boys who've signed for the, the juniors and stuff. There's excellent junior players out there who can, who I believe can comfortably play um, in the, kind of the, the, the professional Scottish football. Mm. But but I think that just tells you the story. Edinburgh City sitting top of the league. Um, did you say it was, it was eight wins in a row? Yeah, I think that's correct. Uh, it's, uh, like, like flying high, Albion Rovers kind of were, were cutting a wee bit and went to the juniors and then they find themselves at the bottom of the table. Mm. Uh, obviously, Edinburgh's sort of nearest challengers uh, for top spot, Peterhead, also won 3-0 against um, poor Elgin, who always just seemed to linger at mid-table, like Airdrie do in League 2. Um, I think... Did anyone here have Peterhead winning the league this season? I think I probably did. No, I, 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 I probably did as well. I did with Clyde. Um, I've always got a wee soft spot for Clyde as well, but nah, yeah. I got Peterhead. But on Elgin, they're a team that I always think will kick on because you always think, oh, get up to Elgin and you, and you think that they've always got... Because they had an excellent home record for a period. Uh and then I just banking that every week and every time they're at home I just back them and, uh, <laughs> just you're oh, getting up there just the psychology and stuff but I think they actually did have an excellent home record um, two seasons ago and it's just stuck with me since then but uh, Peterhead Peterhead sh- should, shouldn't ever be in that league not in regards to deservedly shouldn't they be in the league but with the money they've got I mean it was embarrassing that they never get promoted last year yeah Um. We did think it was going to be a three-way title race. Um, however, Clyde did sort of lose some ground this weekend. I think a lot of people's favourites to go up lost 1-0 mm-hmm. away to Queen's Park. Bit of a shock result, that one. Um, given the fact Queen's Park um, don't really score many goals. Don't concede many either, but haven't really been up to much this season. Um, whether it's, you just expect Clyde with the quality they have um, to kind of kick on and, and win that league, especially with... Danny Lennon in charge 
um, as you said. Uh, and finally, the other result in that division, um, Cowdenbeath beat Stirling. Um, I think it's the first one in a while for Cowdenbeath. Yeah, I, I think they won the first game of the season, and then that was our first in a century or something, man. <laughs> but, <laughs> and then, but now, to be fair though, I think really on the table they now um, they probably take for the rest of the season considering how appalling they have been in the last few years um, where they really, they really could have fell out of league to a couple yeah. of times so so now I, I, think, I think just a bit of a building job there and, and kind of just try, try to build result to result they're always got to be inconsistent but I would not be seriously worried um, if I were them I, I think they'll be I think they'll be comfortable mid kind of lower mid-table this season absolutely if there's anything you have to say Gamba unless is there anything you have to say no I don't I can knock it out and I think that rounds up our pre- our premiership action our uh, weekend action altogether um, and where we didn't have questions last week we certainly have a plethora this week um, seems to be a, an ode to Ward O'Connor um, big shout out to yourself who have uh, just pummeled us with questions <laughs> uh, but it is not with Lord O'Connor we will start but somebody called Haramboa who asks was Blade Runner 2049 the best sequel ever made I'll uh, leave this one to you Gam um, well I asked this question because whoever tweeted the picture used a gif from it uh, unbeknownst to myself uh, the answer is the yes yes short and succinct um, to answer yourself I think, I think uh, gr- Grandpa I can hear Grandpa asking in the background what year did that phone come out again? Oh dear <laughs> Oh I, missed, I must have missed the other 2048 <laughs> <laughs> Nah but Blade Runner is an extremely good sequel considering the well what was it 30 year? Not more nah, it was like year, 82 right? or something I think the first nah, one it came was out. 1982 wasn't it? When we studying in media, so no, nah, it, nah, it was amazing. Obviously, Ryan Gosling, who's Gamba's favourite guy ever, I think, as well. Yeah, a real human being. Who is um, it? Sorry, just, just sorry. before we go. What film did you tell me to watch, Gamba? The, uh, <laughs> is it the same directors for The Big Shot? Uh, oh, the same the, guy directed The Big oh, Shot. Oh, no, the Dick Cheney film that's coming out at Christmas. Yeah. Oh, it's coming out. Oh, right, okay. Right. The guy who directed The Big Shot also directed uh, Anchorman. There you two, go. Two masterpieces, man. Uh. The Big Shot is actually my <laughs> one of my favourite films, man. Deserves so much credit, man. The job, <laughs> the job that they did there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Nah. Right, uh, moving, moving on to our, our gentrified pal of the podcast Lewis Kemp has been in touch um, who's the best McGregor Alan Callum Connor or Darren given the fact um, Gamba has spent a large time answering himself Casey I'll leave this one to you <laughs> were, you, were, you gutted, were, you, were you gutted for Connor last night Callum <laughs> nah I wasn't I wasn't I being a Plastic Rangers supporter should never support such, such a man <laughs> going by Twitter last night um, oh but did you see what happened <laughs> I see to be honest man 
I don't really buy it at UFC. Don't know whether it's a kind of stubborn thing for myself. Um, <laughs> I think it's just a bit of a phase. I don't know. People don't <gasps> like it. I don't know. Just real men like fighting and all that pal. Same folk that kid don't like boxing when they really actually don't like boxing. For the record, boxing is good. Uh, can I talk myself on this? Is, this is a Tony Bellew podcast, by the way. Yes, of course he is. I mean, he's a, he's a <laughs> hero, and hopefully one day Mr. Bellew will be on the podcast. Uh, oh, he was he was in one of the greatest sequels ever made, uh, Creed. Was... <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Uh, anyway, the best McGregor is Alan McGregor. No comment on that one. <laughs> um, and now, now to pummel you with lard. Um, what? <laughs> well, let's just rattle through these. Um, answer them at your own peril, um, or will if you like. What happened to Lewis Morgan? Is Celtic the team where players go to die? Yes. He yes. will be at. Um, I don't know. I think he will be at a kind of mid-table Premiership side in the next three years. He'll go down south, or he'll go down south and sign for, like, I don't know, Barry or something, right? And then he'll come back up and sign for St. Johnson. Thank you for the most vague of answers. It's really, really strange what (laughs) happens to guys, like young Scottish guys at Celtic sign, how they just, like, disappear. Yet... Scottish guys at Celtic bring through the academy like seem to do really well. Yeah, very true. I, I, it's it's I've always found that is quite strange because I would have loved to have seen Scott Allen play more for Celtic. I thought, I mean, do you think that's a bias there? <sighs> because it's it's your own. Pot, they've the, got to get more the, chances. You know what I mean? Like, the answer's probably that there is probably a bias, but it's probably deserved because they've been yeah. brought through the the academy, and there's maybe more impetus to play these guys. But I mean, you know, it's it's this thing where it's like, well, <laughs> who would you rather have left back, Tierney or Zagira? Um, would you rather have Would you rather have McGregor or Scott Allen in your midfield? Scott. Uh, would you rather have James Forrest or Lewis Morgan out wide? Right? Lewis Morgan. Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's one of these ones where it's like there probably is a bias, but a lot of these guys just seem a lot better than the other players that they're bringing in. I don't know. It's it's a it's a weird one, but the answer is yes. If you're a young Scottish player, you you go to Celtic to, to- die unless you're. Stuart Armstrong. To to be fair, actually, like Morgan, it's not been as disastrous as I thought. Like, cause he it's got a really good goal in Europe. Uh, the way like in Lithuania, that was excellent. Well, <laughs> I just like get against those Lithuanian giants. But, oh yeah, but hey, you can only beat who you're up against. Huh? No, but in all seriousness, he has actually played more than I thought already. Rogers is bringing them on, and to be fair, Ryan Christie's actually got a fair bit of game time this season, which is which is equally good to see. I was a bit harsher on Morgan, it was more kind of tongue-in-cheek than anything, but I do think that Celtic do tend to kind of ruin talents. Um, well, the old firm in general at times, when they sign these guys, they, they never really seem to make the cut and they get into the football wilderness and come back. Okay, doke. Um, is Martin Canning part Romulan? Part what? Romulan. A Star Trek reference. Yeah, I was going to say... Part, part Romanian, man. I know someone who's part of the name. No, um, is the answer to that one. Um, this is, is this is a Star Wars podcast, isn't it? Yes. Aye. Uh, just check. 
Yes. Um, is Dundee Tom McKinnon now less depressed with Laszlo gone? I mean, only he could answer that one. I'm going to um, say no. <laughs> probably not, given that he was wanting to worry about Ellis to get the job. So. And get <laughs> clamped by air. <laughs> yes. Um, best wishes to Tom, of course. Um, <laughs> is there still an ongoing situation between Rangers and the BBC? And can the burst ball mediate an amicable solution? Oh, that's, that's a very good question. Yeah, it certainly really infuriates me, to be fair. Um, remember, it was it was when we drew with Rangers at Ibrox um, is that, last... Is that you complaining about a lack of Rangers coverage, Casey? <laughs> what? Is no. that what I've taken from that? No. No, it's frustrating because... For this reason that I'm about to give, I'm going to give you two reasons. One sp- <gasps> particular and obviously to do with Kumar. Um Stevie Clark's first game when we can get the draw at Ibrox. Absolutely buzzing after it, like really, really high, uh, high on life. And then in the way, in the car on the way back down the road, we're sitting, and then they just keep kind of gliding over the kill again. We're listening to open mics. So we're like, what the hell, man? What? I want to hear Clark's interview. I like to hear what Pedro's got to say. And then we goes, oh, BBC. Like, Ken, like, totally went out of our heads that I don't earn their way down to cover Rangers games. Well, controversial. Rangers say that Chris McLaughlin is banned and BBC just take a stand not to do that because they've got an agenda against one of the journalists. And, I, and just sports scene as well. I mean, how good would it be to hear Stephen Gerrard after every game as well? And... and the away manager I brought so I it's as it, it's I think it affects the I don't know it affects sports scene it's it's not as good when every other game's got an interview after it and then it just cuts straight back to what pishy opinion Michael Stewart and Stephen Thompson have got on it and annoyingly Jonathan Sutherland that's the moment with it when I was actually hearing it for the horse's mouth bitter just because they said Jones dive. <laughs> <laughs> Do they still sure. refer to it as the ongoing situation? Or is no, that just... they, they just kid on it's not there, though. That's what you uh-huh. equally was embarrassing. When did, when, did you... that, when did that kind of stop? Because uh, you can see when, when you see... Be bothered saying it. Aye, because like, see when you say ongoing situation, you hear it in Richard Gordon's tone, yeah, don't you? Voice. Like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's one of these ones where like you can kind of understand where the BBC is coming from. It's kind of like... Nah, we stand by that report and and mm, to, to, to quote to quote Watchmen an attack on one's an attack on all. Uh, oh just continuing God. continuing the film section of the podcast. Uh, so like reckon, you can you can kinda understand where they're coming from, but I don't know when when do you draw the line? I mean, Callum, you're saying there's been a it's been to the detrimental to a really detrimental effect of the radio and broadcast TV broadcasting um, yeah. output I don't no, know I do you just I mean they're two huge institutions in Scotland it's you know I think neither, the neither to, of them are going to budge are they unless well, McLaughlin leaves the BBC and I don't see that happening anytime soon well the question asks the solution I have the solution right right boxing match between Chris McLaughlin and Jim Turner <laughs> <laughs> No headguards. <laughs> no, an MMA. A UFC style fight between two. Nah, good old amateur boxing, man. Okay, there you have it. A boxing match between the BBC and Jim Trainer. Um, 
And well, Chris McLaughlin, man. Just Chris McLaughlin. Because the issue isn't actually with the BBC, it's just Chris McLaughlin. So. Yes, but Chris McLaughlin is the BBC. That's ah, the whole point of this. <laughs> no, but that means the BBC could put up a fight, Jim Tuna. John Beatty, man. Could you imagine that? John Beatty. <laughs> 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 Guy's an absolute unit. I would not want to go anywhere near him, man. <laughs> right, top top three BBC absolute fighters. Ken who I would like to see actually boxing gym trainer David Curry I would love to see gym trainer smash him Jesus man cool with Moira Curry um, speaking about it uh, she still hates me I think so yeah <laughs> um, if you're listening Moira um, you are a fan of this podcast Um and finally, is this the beginning of the end for Hearts? Uh, basically, to go into what I said um, in last week's podcast, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll know how good Hearts are after this run of fixtures. I don't mean that in any kind of smug way, but they're really, really big tests for them. First one was always got to be difficult, got to Ibrox, but they didn't really cover their selling glory. Comfortable Rangers win, and uh, it should be interesting come the... Is it Hibs next? No, Aberdeen, yeah, it's Aberdeen. Aberdeen. Which I think I can see. Victory. I can see Aberdeen getting a result at Tyne Castle. Well, I'm glad you can because I can't. Um, and with that positivity, we will sign off. Um, absolute pleasure having you both back on, especially you, Andrew Gamba. Less tears than Casey this evening. Um, I'll have hopefully seen Venom and Mandy by this time next week. So stay tuned for the review of that next week. <laughs> <laughs> just turned us into a film review podcast <laughs> um, and Casey will also have seen Mandy by this time next week maybe I, I don't see what the big deal is I would rather just go and watch the big shot somehow all the oh Sopranos or something man. well thank you for joining me anyway <laughs> thank you thank you for having me and great job again hosting as Gamba starts to adjust the puppet <laughs> right. That sounds like that, a euphemism. This is not good. <laughs> and with that lovely image in your head, we can sign off, and we will speak to you next week. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>